श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए हरिनाम प्रभु की जाए और भक्तवृंद की जाए और प्रेमानंद So I want to discuss a little bit from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9. So this chapter 9, of course, is in, in the center of the book. There are 18 chapters. And this chapter is called Yoga of the Hidden Treasure. So it used to be a custom, you know, maybe even in this country, that people would hide a treasure in the middle of a book. So similarly, Krishna has hidden the treasure of the teachings of Bhagavad Gita, here in the center of the book so we can we can get rich by reading this chapter not rich but wealthy there's a difference not just to have money but to know how to spend it so the chapter begins with three introductory verses let me read them to you shri bhagavan vacha idam tute guhyatamam pravakshami anusuyave gyanam vigyana sahitam Yajiknatva mukshashe shuvat. Rajavidya, Rajaguhyam, Pavitram idam uttamam, Pratyakshavagamam dharmam susukam, Kartum avyayam. Ashwadadhana purusha dharmasyasya parantapa, Aprapyamam nivartante mrityu saṅsāra vartmane. I'll read the translation. The Lord of Sri said, O Arjun, you are non-envious, and therefore I shall impart this supreme secret to you in terms of both theory and experience, knowing which you shall be free from all inauspiciousness. This is the king of knowledge, the secret of secrets, king of secrets, I should say, the ultimate purifier It is directly perceivable, religious, easy to practice, and imperishable. People who do not have faith in this dharma, O destroyer of enemies, do not attain me. They are reborn on the path of death and transmigration. So because the knowledge of this chapter is very important, um, before explaining it, Krishna has spoken these verses in order to bring Arjuna's attention to the fact that he should listen very carefully here. So as it should be clear, the way in which he has sought to make it clear to Arjuna that he should pay attention is by glorifying the knowledge that he is yet to explain. He's called it the supreme secret. Krishna has said that he's going to explain it in, in, in some detail. He said it is the king of knowledge. It's... Um, Pure. Yes, It can be directly experienced. It's easy to practice. It's religious. It's imperishable. And he's also told us who's qualified to take advantage of it. And those who are not qualified to take advantage of it are suffering from two things. One, he says, is they have lack of faith. And the others, they are envious. So, with regard to faith, we know that Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada has explained that this faith in Krishna, that simply by serving Krishna my life will become perfect, this makes one eligible to tread 
the path of bhakti. This faith is a kind of sense that comes within us through good association by which we feel that if I just gave myself entirely to Krishna, then my life would be perfect. Although I might not be able to do that, still I know, somehow I have a knowing that if I was to do that, that in itself, that alone would make my life perfect. It means also that I don't think I have to worship any other god or goddess, practice any other type of discipline, spiritual discipline, in order to perfect my life. Krishna has explained this in another way later on in the Gita. At the end of the Gita, that which is spoken of here in the middle, the secret, is reiterated. And after reiterating the secret, which we haven't mentioned yet, then Krishna speaks about this topic, about Shraddha. But instead of using the word Shraddha, what word does he use? He uses another word, Sharanagati. Sarvadharman prityajja mamekam sharanam braja. Sharanam, sharanagati. This is a famous verse from Gita. Do you know it, some of you? Sarvadharman prityajja. All other dharmas, all other occupations, all other religious ideas, all other types of spiritual practice, prityajja, putting them aside. Mamekam Sharanam Braja, he says. Putting them aside, Braja, come to me, Ekam, Mam Ekam, alone, only me. This is the spirit of the faith that we're talking about that gives us eligibility to tread the path of bhakti. Do you follow? Do you have it? If you don't, this is the place to get it. We get faith by associating with people who have it. By keeping their company, that will come in our heart. And when it comes in our heart, then we want to keep only that company of those kinds of people. Because that is such a valuable commodity that we want to make a relationship with other people who have more of that. When we have Shraddha, then we can be happy. Then we can move forward. Suspicion leads to suspension. You understand? So we live in a plane of, of doubt. And although we move, we are proceeding with caution, a little apprehensive. Not like when you're at home relaxed. At best, in this plane, we move in a, a way that is ruled by our intellect. The intellect is the steering wheel. Now, not for everybody. That's unfortunate. But to move in a life governed by intellect, while that is better than moving in a life governed by the senses, it's not a life that is comforting and happy. If we want to be 
happy, then we have to uh, move in a life that's ruled by a heart, pure heart. Sometimes it is said, home is in the heart. So, in order for home going, we have to meet a home knowing person. I don't know if my poetry comes out in Polish, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, for home going, we need a home knowing person. Home knowing person means who knows our heart. And when he or she speaks, we say in English, Oh, that hit home. That went inside. It didn't just stay up here. It went to me. It touched me. So we need this kind of company, this kind of association. Then we can get some idea of what it's like to go home. Możemy mieć jakiekolwiek pojęcie o tym, co to znaczy udawać się do domu. No doubts, no no reservations. Not proceeding in a cautious way. It's just like home. This is the idea of Krishna Lila. The soul can be at home there. Soul is by nature consciousness. And now it is in a foreign land, land of matter. So matter is very unlike consciousness. We can bring matter to life to some extent by lending ourselves to matter. When we invest ourselves in something material, it takes on a life. But we are that life. But we confuse and think that that thing is alive and giving us life. So don't be confused. Matter does not give us life. Getting things does not give us life. Having things does not give us life but we can give our life to those things. And when we do, we think those things are giving us life. This is a confusion. In that kind of existence, then we can be happy. But Krishna Lila, that is moving in a different way. There is no, no matter there. Only consciousness. We are a unit of consciousness. When we come in touch with the Shakti that governs Krishna Lila. That is like super consciousness. Now, just try to imagine how much we will flourish in that environment. By contact with that Shakti, then the real potential of the Jeev can be realized. So the ideal, of course, is to get good company so that we can get a faith, then keep that good company so that it will grow in us then in one day we can live in a land of faith, leaving doubt, the plane of doubt, behind forever. So, this beginning of faith, that gives us eligibility to tread the path of bhakti. And the cultivation of bhakti is really about the growing, if you will, of that faith. It comes from good company, And if we keep good company, then we'll grow. And in that good company, we find out about things that are not conducive to that faith. And so we re retire them. Then it becomes very strong. And when it becomes very strong, then it attracts the land of faith. Faith has come from there to us, 
but until it becomes very strong, then that plane is not apt to pay much attention to us directly. Agent of faith, agent of that land, will move amongst us and awaken this faith. But when we pay close attention to that agent, when we understand this, his company, his advice, this is very much in our interest, then the, the company of faith, seeing that we are interested in the agent, that we're paying very close attention in the company, starts to pay attention to us directly. This we call ruchi. Before ruchi, we have faith, but we are taking medicine. When we come to ruchi, the medicine becomes food. And all this hearing, chanting, it's not a botheration anymore. Uh, it means one likes it. It means that company is now paying some attention to us. And then, uh, in this way, progressing from liking that, we become attached to that. From liking the practices, we become attached to he who the practices are directed towards. And then he comes in our heart. Paramatma is removed. Nanda Tanuja comes. Who is Nanda Tanuja? Nanda, Tanu, Ja. Ja means born. Tanu means body. Nanda means Nanda means bliss. Nanda same. Means bliss. It means Nanda Maharaj also. So who is son of Nanda? Krishna. In this way the Shraddha is developing. So Shraddha is the beginning and Shraddha is also the end. And then Krishna says another thing here. You have to have Shraddha, one, but other thing is how to, you cannot be envious. So envy is very unbecoming, especially for devotees. Envy is such that you cannot tolerate the success of another. If he is doing good, preaching, spreading Krishna consciousness, but I cannot tolerate that because I have envy. Then I cannot even see that he is doing those things. Everything that he does good in Krishna's service, I see it as something bad. I find some fault in that. This is envy. Devotees are free from envy. Krishna says, because Arjuna, you are free from envy, therefore I give you the secret. So who, who, who is uh, envious, they cannot share this treasure. In, in Bhagavat, there it is mentioned, Dharma Projita Kaita Gotra Paramo Nirmatsaranam Sadham. It is said, devotee means Nirmatsaram and Sadham. Truthful and without envy. About the Gosamis, our Vrindavan Gosamis, Srinivasacharya sings, Niramatsaru Pujito. It means because they had no envy, they were Pujito, worshipable by everyone, except that envious person. Envious, envious people, they are avoided. The devotees avoid them. Now you try to understand what is their fate. If devotees are avoiding them, there is no hope. Madhyamadikari is characterized by four things. 
he cultivates love for Krishna, he makes friends with other like-minded devotees, he gives mercy to innocent people, and envious people he avoids. It's, uh, it, it's said in, one of my students is a psychotherapist, and he told me that if, if one of the patients is envious, we cannot help them. What did Krishna do to Kaliyanaga? Kaliyanaga means snake. He was spitting poison everywhere. If any bird flew over the Kaliya lake in the Jamuna, it would die. If any tree was growing on the bank of the river there, it would die. If anyone would drink that water, they would die. They are not doing anything wrong, not causing any harm, no opposition, and still that Kali is killing them. It means envy implies malice in the heart. The difference between envy and jealousy. I might be jealous, but I don't want to hurt the person. But envy means I don't, I don't like what... I, and malice I, means that you want to hurt. Yeah. Of course, Krishna's, Krishna was anxious to go to the Kaliya lake. Because young boys, they, they like to take risks. Their youth is full of confidence. They think that nothing can harm them. Jashoda Mai, of course, she did not agree with that. So Baldev, who was Dauji, older brother, he was appointed to watch Krishna very carefully that he would not go to that Kaliya lake. Baldev has some Vatsalya bhakti. He is a Saka of Krishna, but his friendly relationship is mixed with Vatsalya and Dasya bhakti. So he was watching over Krishna. But when Baldev's birthday came, then he had to stay at home for the festivities. Meanwhile, at this time, Krishna is just starting to take out the heifers for pasturing. Heifers means uh, not a calf, but a heifer, not a cow. You have to know all about cows. At this time, Krishna is just moving from calf herder to cow herder in his age. Just at the, at the cusp between Kumar and Poganda. So he is not yet come of age. He's not an adolescent yet. But he's mature for his age. So at any rate, when Baladev was staying home, Krishna went with the young heifers and his friends and they went straight to Kaliya Lake. And the cows went ahead and they drank the water and they died. And when the boys saw the cows die, then they died. This is their whole life, taking care of cows. Cows, why does Krishna have cows? Because cows represent complete giving. Cows give, you don't have to give them anything. Grass grows naturally. Cows will eat the grass and then they will give milk. And from the milk you can make butter and ghee and so many things. And when they pass dung, that can be used to make a house to cook with. From the urine you can get medicine. When they die from the skin you make the murdanga. 
their whole life is giving to human society. What is the difference between a cow and every other animal? The cow makes human beings civilized. Do you understand? Because when you get a cow, then you can engage in agriculture. Plowing, planting. Before civilization, then humans are hunting and gathering. You catch a cow, you think, then I can live through the winter. I kill the cow, I can live through the winter by eating. But if he studies the cow, he can see, hmm, he can become intelligent. If I keep a cow, then I can keep two cows, I can make three cows. (laughs) I can have milk every day, hmm, all year. Then I have another cow, and I can have milk, and then this other one, bull, I can make till the ground, I can plant seeds, and this way he moves from hunting and gathering to an agriculturally based life. So many animals are there, but who is so cooperative? She's completely ready to cooperate. Prabhupada used to say that I'm like a cow, you take me anywhere, take care of me, and I will give milk. So practically speaking, the cow is saying to human society, use me. Use me for your your purpose. So completely giving in nature. So this is the question. If you give, who will take care of you? If you give away everything you have, who will take care of you? I think if if I give everything up and I'm always giving to other people, and who will take care of me? But there's a name for that person. The name of Gopal, who takes care of cows. Yoga Chemam Vahami Hum, he says. I take care of those people. Those people who give everything, I take care of them. People think I don't exist. But those who give, they can see me. Other people should look at them. And that's where they can see Krishna. Do you understand? Therefore we say, if you want to see Krishna, where will you look? We look at the devotee. What is devotee doing? Is he looking for Krishna? He's looking for something else. What? He's looking to serve Krishna. He's not trying to see Krishna, but trying to serve. That's where you find him. So, so many cows. This is the meaning. Krishna takes care of those kinds. So when the cowherds saw the cows died, they died. Krishna brought them back to life. And then he chastised that Kaliya. And when he jumped in the water, Kaliya came out and grabbed him. And then, oh, the gods, they became nervous. Everybody was celebrating Balaram's birthday, so they made some disturbance in nature. So Nanda Maharaj could understand something must be happening to Krishna. Baladev knew nothing can happen to Krishna. So he had no reason to be in any anxiety. Still he was in anxiety. Why? Because the other devotees were in anxiety. That gave him anxiety. You see, that's how Baladev thinks. That's good for us. Huh? I said that's good for us. If he, if he becomes in anxiety, if we are in anxiety, it's good for us. Mm-hmm. We should have a close relationship with our spiritual master. How close? Yeah, please come. If you think, I'm having some problem. Uh-huh. 
I cannot, I will not tell my Gurudev. I do not want to bother him. Is that a good attitude? No. That will be a problem for Gurudev. If my hand has a problem, but it does not communicate to the, to the brain, so that brain can do something about it, then that is a bigger problem. So we should have close relationship with our Gurudev, so we are like his hands and feet, extensions of himself. In some places it is said, if the Guru does not call us to take, to take prasad, then we will not take. But not in my ashram. <laughs> if anyone goes to bed hungry, that will be a big problem for me. <laughs> so Baldev, he's like the Guru. He saw the devotees were in anxiety, so he became full of anxiety. So he made some, tried to make some humor to pacify them and took them to the Jumuna. And of course, when they arrived there, then they saw Krishna in the, in the coils of Kaliya. And seeing their condition, then Krishna released himself and began to dance on the heads of Kaliya. When Kali's wives saw this dancing, they said, even Lakshmi cannot get it to dance with Krishna like this. So he's shown very special favor to Kaliya. But why was he doing, dancing like that? He's dancing like that because everybody came to the bank of the Jamuna. That means the gopis also came in broad daylight. Now, Krishna is not of age, neither are they. Still, love is stirring. This is called Puvarag. Puvarag. Um, they have not talked, they have not expressed. Still, something is coming. So, Krishna is dancing. He's thinking, maybe they noticed me. What a good dancer I am. And someday, maybe I will dance with you. This Krishna is accomplishing so many things at once. This is the whole reason for going there. The whole reason for going to the Kaliya Lake, to dance for the gopis. So he really doesn't have any time for envious people. And even Kaliya surrendered. Krishna said, okay, but you can't stay here. Send him to another place. So we should be very careful not to be envious. You will not be allowed to stay in Vrindavan. You cannot hear the most secret treasure. So try this way to keep your heart clean. Have faith. Keep your heart clean from any envy. And then we have eligibility to enter into these secrets. Now I guess you can understand that we have touched on the secret a little bit here already. So now we all have qualification for hearing about the secret. He says, Idam tute guhyatamam prabhakshami. Krishna says this is guhyatamam, the most secret of secrets. Other secrets have already been given in Bhagavad Gita. Secrets about Brahman, secret about Paramatma, some secret about Bhagwan. Now we come to the secret about Swayam Bhagwan. Not only the secret about Swayam Bhagwan, but about Swayam Bhagwan's secrets. Have I got your attention? This is, again, what Krishna wanted to do, get Arjuna's attention. 
by speaking these introductory verses. This word guyatamam, used here, means most secret. It is used again at in the end of the Gita. There Krishna says, Bhuya guyatamam. Again, I'm going to tell you the most confidential secret. So the secret that is given here, then it is repeated again at the end. But there's a slight difference when he repeats it at the end. In this chapter, Krishna speaks largely about his devotees' love for him and also about his love for them. But in the end, he puts emphasis on his love for his devotees. This word, Guyatamam, is also mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam, where Krishna told something to Brahma. He said, Jnanam paramam guyam me tadvijnana samanvitam sarahasyam. Krishna told Brahma, I'm going to tell you a confidential secret. Come close and I'm going to whisper it in your ear. Where does this happen? This is in Bhagavatam in second canto. Krishna, Krishna is speaking to Brahma and giving him what? Srimad Bhagavatam in four verses. Before speaking those four verses, Krishna says this, now I'm going to tell you something very confidential, secret. So that secret that Krishna gives Brahma, there is the same secret we find here in this chapter. When Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami explains those four verses that Krishna spoke to Brahma in Chaitanya Charitamrita, he does it in the context of explaining what is the function of the Guru. Krishna is the, is the original Guru in our parampara. Krishna gave this knowledge to Brahma and Krishna came again and gave that knowledge to who? Rupa Goswami. Like Krishna shared these secrets with Brahma at the, at the dawn of creation, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu shared them with Rupa Goswami with a little more light. So sometimes we call Brahma, Gaudiya, Sampradaya. Same Krishna came. And in the heart of Rupa Goswami, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he revealed all his truths. So this is the business of the Guru, to give this confidential knowledge. So in order to have a Guru, one has to be faithful, one has to be non-envious, and one has to be interested in such secrets. One has to think these secrets will solve all the problems of life. One has to be interested in solving all the problems of life. Otherwise, that's why Prabhupada said everybody doesn't need a guru because everyone is not interested in making a comprehensive solution. So guru gives this knowledge at the time of initiation in the form of a mystic uh, formula, mantra. And then with some explanation over time, it unfolds. When Krishna appeared before Brahma, he appeared before him and dressed as a gopa. He had a peacock feather on his head and a flute in his belt. Simple dress, like a cowherd. He didn't come with four hands and offer a blessing like this. He reached out and he grabbed the hand of Brahma. He said, come here, I'll tell you a secret, something confidential. 
he told Srimad Bhagavatam in a code, like in code, in, in only four verses. He told the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. What is that essence of Srimad Bhagavatam? Hey, Brahma, I need your help. <laughs> I've got a problem. But you are supposed to be God. Solving all problems. How can you have a problem? You are Narayan. And Krishna said, no, I am not Narayan. Do I look like Narayan? <laughs> and this way he charmed Brahma. And he told him his problem. We should make Krishna's problem our problem. It's a big problem. If the world was to know that God had a big problem, that would be a crisis, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, no. If God has a problem, then <laughs> everything's finished. This is, this is the secret of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Every religion is teaching that God is the most worshipable object. And what we are teaching is, who is the worshipable object of God? Understand? This is a very different idea. This is very unique contribution to the uh, theological world. So there's a reason that, that we are different from everybody else. Yes. <laughs> Good reason. Such a secret has been shared with us. We have to tell the world that God has a problem. You see, now that should capture people's attention. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing. So what we have to say has great potential to capture the attention of the people. This information should shut down everything else. All business, all governments should shut down. God has a problem. All attention should be given to this. We have to fix, fix God's problem. And his problem, of course, is that he's in love. This is the secret of Srimad Bhagavatam. And the creator, Brahma, of the whole world, has been enlisted in Krishna's help, in his service for this. Just, just as he was about to create the whole world, so the whole creation actually is uh, colored by the, the knowledge that Brahma has that Krishna has a problem. So the whole, so we have a problem. You see, <laughs> it's similar. It's kind of a re reflection of that problem. So you see, this is not book knowledge. It's written everywhere. In all the movements of all the birds and bees and animals and humans, everywhere, this problem is written. So, what I'm saying to you, this is just not some religious dogma. You can see this, you can, you can experience this. And so we should try to become part of the solution. It said, if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. <laughs> In this way, I'm trying to offer you some very compelling uh, information so that your lives will become oriented around addressing this problem. It is the problem, the only problem. And when we don't ten tend to that problem, then it appears that there are so many other problems. So this is the secret message of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Krishna has given it here in the middle of Bhagavad Gita, 
just like he gave it in Srimad Bhagavatam to Brahma. Sukadeva Swami is singing about it in 18,000 verses. What caused Sukadeva Goswami to, to, to speak to Maharaj Parikshit? Maharaj Parikshit had a problem. What was his problem? Problem was, he thought he was going to die. It was told, in seven days, the king will die. Therefore, he went to the bank of the Ganga, and he had, I had to do something. I'm going to die in seven days, he thought. Big problem. What did Sukadev tell him? He said, you haven't got a problem. He said, you don't have a problem. This is the problem. In 18,000 verses, what does it all culminate in? It all culminates in this uh, Krishna's problem. That's what the whole book is about. Basically, he's telling Parikshit, you don't have a problem. It's, it's, this is the problem. Hmm? Krishna has a problem. It means there is no death. Death is not a problem. Life is about death. That's what it's about. People try to ignore that. Hmm? Ignore death. And then that that creates a, a perception of a problem. They perceive there's a problem, that life is problematic. What is the problem of death? The problem is attachment. Because we are attached to something that we cannot keep, then death is a problem. Otherwise, it is not a problem. So attachment is the problem. And what has... Sugadev given as the solution to become attached to Krishna. And to become attached to Krishna means that you identify with Krishna and with Krishna's problem. Then it, and the perception of death is, is uh, as a problem disappears. So in this way, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, its approach to solving the, the apparent problems of life is, is very positive. It primarily involves hearing about the problem of Krishna and becoming preoccupied with that. And then the, uh, by such attachment, asakti, bhava, for Krishna, then the apparent problems, problem of death that comes from attachment to matter, that is solved. So, I don't want to talk too much longer. We can continue this evening. Are there any questions? You've been taking notes, huh? Mm-hmm. You said that we should, we should uh, switch our attachment to matter into attachment to Krishna. But uh, is it true that the way to do it is through attachment to, to spiritual master? Yeah. it is said that attachment to worldliness is solved by transferring that kind of attachment to attachment to saintly people by transferring your attachment from worldly things to saintly people then Attachment to worldly things would be conquered. Okay. 
What else? Uh, how can we solve Krishna's problem? <laughs> By singing Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna is a Sambhog Nam Mantra. I mean, Sambhog means union. So it's for bringing Radha and Krishna together. That is the beginning. <laughs>